Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, Watching Association for O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit at O'Neill Sportswear on Facebook and Instagram. Sorry lads, Zeem here pressed, didn't press record, so he just done a minute and a half there but hadn't pressed record, so Shawnee's saying oh Jay's at the start of that, sorry about that everyone. Welcome along Shawnee and Giggles. Good morning Liam, <laughs> uh, good morning <laughs> Good morning from Melbourne. Uh, Saturday morning here, always a step ahead of you. Um, yeah, looking forward to the podcast and uh, getting into the meat of uh, what's going wrong on Lee's side. Yeah, we've blocked out two hours for this podcast on <laughs> what's going wrong on Lee's side. <laughs> uh, and Gig is welcome along as well. How are you today? Good, good. Looking forward to talking about Cork's problems, even though I kind of spared a little bit because you never know what could happen in a week's time or two weeks' time. Now, we won't be looking forward to that today. And then obviously, We'll be having a chat about the battle in Pierce Stadium and the, the handshake or <laughs> whatever you call it. Infamous handshake, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, so we're, we're going to have a look back at, at I suppose, the, the two big games from last weekend, Kilkenny and Galway and Cork and Clare, and then Giggles has a good Giggles corner for us. He was doing it as we were in our uh, pre-production meeting. He was writing down something there I could see. <laughs> um, and then we're going to look ahead to, to Limerick and Tip on Sunday. Um, so I suppose up, up first, Kilkenny and, and Galway, if we're happy to go there, spare Shawnee a couple of minutes, um, getting ready for Cork and Clare. Um, I did go up to Galway on, on the weekend. Um, great to go up to you know a, an away game. Like saw lots of Kilkenny people in Saltain, met lots of people before, but in there, like when Kilkenny scored anything, it was just like barely any nice at all. Like there was a big crowd in from Galway, fifteen thousand. Kilkenny obviously largely outnumbered. Um, but fairness, it, it was going up to Galway, walking along Saltain, going into the match. It's a great place to go to a game. I actually don't think I'd ever really been to a game there before. Maybe as a young lad when I was small, but great set up in Pierce Stadium. Are you up there, giggles recently? I haven't been up to recently. I played a game there, I remember about 15 years ago when we were playing Fitzgibbon. We played that in Ryan, a challenge match. And I just remember the cold and the wind. Uh, now, apparently, it was a, it was a decent um, even for the TK, but it's always windy there because it's right beside the sea. Uh, it's a big enough out pitch, I think. Yeah, um, big pitch. Big pitch. It's always a wind blowing down. And I think that was evident in the game at the weekend at Galway. Used it very well in the first half. Kilkenny used it well in the second half. And. Um, but yeah, it's nice because it's on the outskirts. It's in the nice part of Galway City, out, out by the prom, and um, yeah, hard to get to the hard, hard for parking though. I'd say, was it? Yeah, we got out there early. We were out there very early in the morning. We were going to walk around a cup of tea, to, you know, building up like big game on two o'clock. Um, <laughs> but we we went in at like quarter past one, and the stand was full, like because it's unreserved seating. So, um, but yeah, look, interesting game. You talk about the wind. It's so different, obviously, being at a match live than watching it on the telly as well, because you. You miss things. You miss things when you're at the match, which is funny, even though you can see more. Um, but you don't you don't follow it the same way. The wind was was fascinating. That Kilkenny started off really, really well, considering they got that goal from from Mon Cody, and but then Galway just kind of took off, and everything that they touched seemed to start sailing over. But as a Kilkenny supporter looking on, you know, I'll share some of Shawnee's frustrations of Cork getting turned over against. I suppose Limerick in particular, and we saw um, Kilkenny with unforced errors coming out of their backs cost them 1-3, one, 1-4. One, and, and I wouldn't even give Galway the credit of high pressure from Galway. It was like Kilkenny yeah. hand-passing balls over their head, Oh Murphy coming out giving her a loopy hand-pass. It, wa- it wasn't the ones where those three lads bottled them up and they just got turned under arse. It was so yeah, frustrating was to watch. Very, yeah. That's actually something I jotted down as watching the match as well. as like it's very, very unusual for Kilkenny to be doing that. Um, well, I suppose it's another game plan that it's a new game plan that they've implemented as well. So, you know, that's probably part of the teething process with them as well. But, geez, yeah, the ball that they were giving away, I'd say no wonder um, Brian Cody was the way he was at the end of the game. Like, and it's after watching some of the stuff that oh, he was that living on the on. line. He was living on the line during the match because I watched him every time yeah. one of those things happened. And he, honestly, I say he's just like, "What are doing? Why are they just hitting the ball yeah. ninety yards?" You know, it's exactly. killing him. It's killing him watching play like that. But to be fair as well, you could you like it's hard to argue with him too because the wreck that uh, Owen Cody was doing up on the up on the other side of the field, 
um, at that stage in the game, that early on in the game, he was like he was absolutely taking oh, the Galway backs to town um, at the start of that game, and like he 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 continued that throughout. He was stifled a bit by Parigman, you know, right? But and when they started sitting the fella back in front of him, um, I think that was a crucial uh, move by Henry Sheffield as well when he started pushing fellas back in front of Owen Cody to stifle off that you know early ball into him, but. That first half, yes, definitely. It was very unlike, especially Owen Murphy, who's always all star goalie. You know, to be to be turning over ball, and and then you know Galway just putting him to the sword. It was, you know, I'd say it was pretty frustrating. Not alone just Brian Cody, but say you know we always regard Kilkenny as being the traditionalists. You know, I don't, for I don't mind. One, I don't mind doing different. And, I don't mind him doing different, but it was just the way it was given away. Like, there was no excuse for the ones that they gave away. It's not as if it was a missed pass. It was just... Like, Paddy Deegan did another one a hand pass over his head across the square one stage. Remember, yeah. you missed me with that one, the giggles. Like, it was... Yeah, I, I, that, that one was the worst looking on TV, definitely, right? But the, the only thing I'd say, and I think when you look, when you think about unforced errors, is I think Shefflin, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Shawnee, saw that Owen Cody was red hot for the day and said, well, hey, we're going to lose the game here now if we don't sit someone back. So he sits someone back. And then Kilkenny, who are naturally uncomfortable playing the short game, they come to a certain point in the 45 and they look up and they see that there's no one available and there's extra goalie backs. And that's probably what set the panic in that caused the, maybe the couple of loopy hand passes or especially the one out over the sideline. And they're just, they're just not used to playing it as well as Limerick or Waterford or maybe Cork when Cork can play it well. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it was interesting. I, I always felt Galway were seven or eight points better in the, on the day. And yet, Kilkenny, like Kilkenny always, who hung in there, were just a, a puck of a ball away. And naturally enough, Dahi Burke actually should have picked up the ball. He missed it. Owen Cody picked it up, got the hand pass out to John Donnelly. We gave out about the care goalie last week, lads. Aina Murphy for Galway is their Achilles tendon. Yeah, Talk about Achilles tendon injuries earlier on. That's a couple of times now he's left in soft ones. Um, and that was a very soft goal and it could have cost him dearly. I think Galway are safe now on seven points, to be honest. I think it'll be a, a majorly crazy turn of results that would get Galway knocked out of the three. Um, but if it was a draw and they were only on six points, all the games become way more pressurised for Galway. But I, I do think, to be fair to Henry Shefflin, he's lost a lot, a lot of players. Like, if you think about that Galway forward and the playing as forward for last year, Niall Burke was in there, Jason Flynn was in there, Joe Canning was in there, three big men, they're all gone. There. I don't even think any, none of them are on the pan leaf anymore. Um, and he's blooded some new players. I thought the midfield was very good. David Burke and Johnny Coney interchanged between Joe Cooney and Monaghan. Monaghan was good. Monaghan is very good, yeah. I thought. They, they all they all got on the ball a good bit. So um, and then they had Connor. I couldn't believe Connor Reilly came on actually. I, oh, I, I couldn't believe that either. I, could, I couldn't believe he was togged. I couldn't even believe he was togged. He made it. He, he made a difference. To be fair, he did. He like, caused problems. In terms of his presence, yeah, and he's 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 going to be a big addition to, if they get him back. I wouldn't imagine they'd risk him next week against Dublin from the start, and they'll see how it's going. Because if he pulls it again, it could be really nasty for him. But I I do. I think Kilkenny are okay. I think they're definitely fourth or fifth in the, in the pecking order. But I do think Galway have a bit more um, than any of the rest of them. And, and I think they're getting closer maybe to Watford in second. And obviously they might up in first after watching the game at the weekend. I, I think there's they're probably missing the forward, all right. But I think they're, they're, they've got some sort of, they've got the Kilkenny work ethic into the Galway kind of skill set. Um, and that seems to be working well for them. I think, yeah, I think you, I think that's the main take as well from the weekend as well, uh, Giggles, is Henry has established that work rate into them, you know, coming from, you know, the teams he's been involved in, and he's really instilled that in them. I, In terms of getting him closer to Ward from, you know, on Limerick and, and, and those boys up the top, I still don't think they're that, that close to him. Um, I think, I don't know, I just, you know... Cahill Mannion and a few more like that, I think, will get blown away by Waterford or Limerick, you know, and those better teams like that. But definitely they've sorted out midfield and that middle eight, I guess, in terms of work rate and, and getting on ball. I thought Connor Cooney was probably still beaten by Paddy Deegan. Paddy Deegan had a pretty solid game, in fairness to him. He, he had a few nervy moments, but I thought he, he got on a load of ball. Jeez, he was sweeping up all over the back line. He had a very, very good game for... um. 
for Kikini and I thought he's probably one of their better players on the day in midfield. They were absolutely blown away, Liam. And you you yeah. brought this already up in the podcast a couple of times where they just don't have the midfielder. Connor Brown was taken off again. It's probably not a surprise to you. Although Carey was good in the other wing, I thought. Um, but, uh, you know, up front, like, they just have, they're just relying yeah. too much on Cody. You it's know, Cody just... now. Like, it's Cody because the Park Walsh didn't fire at all. He was very poor. Nah. TJ didn't fire. And TJ, you just know by looking at him, he's not right. Like, he's not going to deliver what he used to deliver, but he's actually physically not right. Like, he's not, he's not, he's, he looks, he looks laboured, you know. He never, TJ was never that the fastest. Point, that, point, that, that point he got when he took it off the left, I was like, he would have soared in, dummied the inside yeah. onto the right hand side, and he would have buried yeah. it. Buried it, yeah. There would be no question there. So he, he's, yeah. I he, think you're planning without TJ. You're, you're planning without yeah. TJ now. I think, you know, you're not, TJ might make an impact. He's not, but he's not going to be contributing, I don't think, which is... With, with, with his, if you were to kick any manager, Liam, like, would you start him or would you have him coming out with 20 minutes to go when people are tired? And I'd bring him on. I'd bring him on, on. Yeah. I don't think you're getting 20 yeah. minutes out when I say you're getting 10. Imagine the psychological effect you'll have come on. I mean, a, a fellow who's yeah. half tired now and he's like, he's just like, like, you'd be afraid of what he could do. Like. He, he still drew a lot of attention on Sunday. I kind of felt he was unlucky that he, they played him as the, the inside man on his own for a bit of it in the first half against the wind. And there was still, there was two Godwell lads around him for every ball. So if he, if he didn't catch a clean, which he, he obviously didn't, he had no chance of winning the next ball. There was no one with him. So he probably was a bit... Short change, but he still was was definitely off the pace, and obviously was, was you know didn't didn't come back out in the second half. But I think yeah, Kenny's big problems is going to be scoring forwards after on Cody Walter. I thought actually did okay wing forward, but you look across the rest of it, there was there wasn't there wasn't that you know. I think Mossy Cohn has been very unlucky for someone who had a very good league, yeah. who's not the most yeah. natural hurler, but he'd actually been very effective and had it been on the score sheet. So I don't know what's happened there that he's just gonna dropped off things altogether. Um, so uh, they're playing Dublin on Saturday we'll talk about that in next week's podcast but yeah coming out of Galway like the, when they were winning the three points I was like Kenny will always have a chance of getting a goal it didn't look like there was going to goal going to come but then they got a chance to took it I was like oh my god we're going to rob a, a draw out of this which would be unreal and then ball got pucked out Paddy Deegan won the ball it breaks Sit Tom Field I was like we're going to get a point here and win the match and then he blows that prick from Cork blows and gives a free in. Now I wouldn't be wanting to blame refs, but like I asked Giggles for for an honest answer, for an honest answer on the way home. I said, "Do you watch it on the telly, Giggles? Was it a free?" And Giggles said, "No way, wasn't a free. Got the ball." Do you think so? That's what Giggles said. Oh, it wasn't a free. No, no, it wasn't. A I free thought game. it was. Ah, uh, I begin to you know on this lads. I like the way Pat, like he was careless the way he came through the back of Tom Monaghan and that and that ball. Way too careless, like. Sean, Sean, he's back there's, the there's five or six. <laughs> because you wouldn't know coming back through the back of a fella like that. So you you wouldn't understand it. But <laughs> G- and Liam knows because Liam would take Liam would do take the Paddy Deegan approach. But you can get the ball two or three different ways. But he got off, the ball first, or he's and his body took him through. Then like like, he, oh, like I he, don't know. man ball and all no like I thought he was I thought he was very unlucky. If you go to well, attack that ball and you get the ball, your body is going to come. Then you can't stop man, that man ball and all. I think he got the call wrong um, but he blew the whistle and he kind of said to himself right he gave himself about three seconds to think about it will I blow it up here in that split second or is it a free to go away and I think that the fact that your man Monaghan was on the ground panned out he kind of said right that was a free and I think he might have been thinking along the lines that Sean he was he was probably thinking he might have even seen Paddy Deegan get the ball, but he might have thought it was reckless play. And uh, and I don't think the rules are even that clear on it. To be honest, like, let me tell I, you I, here I, now, as a back, and Liam will attest to this. You're like, this is the dying moments of a game. I'm getting the ball, but also making sure that he doesn't get an opportunity to get down onto the ground and get around me. And that's what Paddy Dean. I don't. Was I don't I think. I, but Paddy Dean, uh, the ball was in flight though. Sean is in like. Paddy Dean is that type of player. Too, no, he is to be fair. Him. But I feel like he committed. Goes right. I'm gonna have to win this ball. I can't let him win this ball. And he won the ball. I thought he was very. I thought he was very unlucky. But saying that, like when when Donnelly got the goal, when the pocket was taken, it was seventy three and a half minutes. Like the easy thing for Colin Ryan's there was to do was to, to blow, blow it up was to blow it up because it was past the three minutes it was level. Don't do that. And then yeah. he was under under pressure. Then when he a puck out came a contested ball, if he let it go, the Kenny man had it was going to be a point. He was going to be killed coming out of Galway. 
you know, like, that's shocking it. soft goal though, wasn't it? As giggles, oh, it's terrible, like, yeah. Just, so but do you know what the other interesting thing was before the goal, which would got got blown up? I think he even got blown up in the match. The, the hand pass from Owen Cody to John Donnelly was what we call you know, the rainbow hand pass, where he he threw it up and, and popped it. Yeah, that's got blown this year as not a proper hand pass. Oh, oh, has in it? certain circumstances where it's been a throw, where it's been deemed to be a throw. But that one is always that one is always a throw. If you, if you think, if you, if you think, yeah, I know, but it's a it, it, that exact pass got. I don't know what match it got blown. Mm. I think it might be in the Cork Limerick match. Like, I think it's a great pass. It's a really, it's a good skill. But like, you can even probably could have been lucky to get that pass off. Is what I'm saying. Like that could have been blown. I don't as, know. That, that that's that's allowed. That pass is allowed. I know the one you're on about. Actually, your old Mark and Ernie got done, and it looked like a throw. But a hand pass is you throw it up and have a clear striking action. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it doesn't say it has to be under your arm or doesn't yeah, have yeah. to be. Your, no, I'm pro. I'm pro that pass. Be, I'm pro that pass. It's it's, it's a legal pass. It is yeah. a legal yeah. pass. That's Giggle all says it has legal pass cleared up. Yeah, yeah, 100. Yeah. But then. Then obviously all the attention turned to this bloody handshake that I think everyone's making a mountain out of a mole, to be honest. I think there's yeah, nothing look, in this at all. Yeah, the handshake's been done to death. We won't go too far on it. But what was interesting during the match, like it was very tense on the line. I was constantly looking to see did the, the two of them kind of come up against each other during the match. There was words at one stage between them. Like, like not happy words. Was there? You know, like you know, I'm at the other end of the pitch. You didn't know what was said, but you could see the doors are coming together. Then at the end, no matter what, like Kenny were fucking rage. And then Cody went for the ref after yeah. the match as well. Bollocked him off the pitch. I think like after the first time, Dean, like we we were all there in Australia. We played the game before, it and oh yeah, similar thing happened. Similar thing happened uh, where Paul O'Dwyer, I'd say, was it was a Paul O'Dwyer ref that came. It was James Owens. It was James up, Owens. James, James Owens. Yeah. He blew up early, or he blew, he blew up the, the whistle when Walter Walsh was hitting the shot, but he, he scored. Yeah. That's right, yeah. And Cody went from, and the Kilkenny boys were sour. Yeah. And the Galvalez affairs that time were actually just mad for the piss up. Whereas Kilkenny really wanted to win it. I, like, it was a really different in a When we spoke to Killian Buckley, if you're more, Matt. It's like he lost to Ireland. It was like they lost to oh, Ireland. God. <laughs> Couldn't get over it, but. Scale there, and you ran from Rahul with John Hanbury. Jo- absolutely. John Hanbury. John Hanbury. Dying for points. <laughs> no, but I think, I, think, I think that's what it was. Cody was sickened after, but there is that, there was that weird part when. Cody hung on oh, that extra bit like and looked at him. He doesn't like Galway no, at no, all. No. I think Galway might be his least, like his most hated team. Yeah. Maybe even more than lately, you might say. Oh, I don't know, because. I was, but he doesn't like I was him. thinking that like after. I was like, I'm pretty sure when I read his book that there was a lot of mention of Galway in his book about how they've, you know, caught him out a couple of times in Turles and things like that. So I'd say he does yeah. have this little bit of a soft spot for Galway. I can't even have a great record in the last few years. Don't have a great record in the last few years against Galway. Speaking of books, like one of the things I remember about Shefflin's book was that paragraph where Cody was kind of not name checking him, but saying the harder the year, thinks he's going to get on the team. And Shefflin went off and absolutely went crazy training. I think he ended up being harder the year that year. I kind of got the same feeling as he walked out of the stadium, not talking to any of his Galway players or any people. He was clearly pissed off with his handshake and he, he got out of there as quick as he could. And I would say if Galway play Kilkenny again I would fear for Kilkenny mm. the, 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 other, the other thing is I would go the other way on it how wound up Cody will be after it I, I, Cody doesn't have he's a bit Shefflin is Cody's on the way out and he's been the best of all time but he's on the way out and I think Shefflin is is a bigger competitor than Cody there's a statement yeah, now right okay. I, I genuinely do I think I think he hates losing more than anybody I've ever seen. I, I just can't. I think he hates losing Henry Shefflin. Mm. Like Brian Cody's been used to losing in certain aspects of his career with his club, maybe with elements of with Kilkenny in his playing career. He hasn't had the success. Henry doesn't know losing at all. Like he he won yeah. ten All Irelands, eleven All Stars. Then he went down and won two All Ireland clubs as a manager. And then like he's that's why I think I think I think Galway are going to be. They're going, to, they're going to take a scalp. Like That'll bring him on massively, that window. One. That window will bring him on massively. Yeah, 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 it will. Yeah, look, it's going to be uh, interesting. because I, I, I would fear it for Kenny if they play Galway again. I think it could be a six or seven or eight point defeat with a, with a comfortable display from Galway, but a hungry display because what, I do think... What was, your take on, what was your take on the handshake? My take? Was 
Yeah, wasn't it all blown out? I think it was all blown out of proportion, the whole... It, it's, it's been totally 20, blown 20. out of proportion, but there, there was definitely an element where Shefflin's going away from that saying, what a wanker. Why didn't he just shake oh, my yeah. hand and walk away? Why did he have to do this pull thing? And that's what's going on in Shefflin's head. And he'll be like, I don't know the man at all, but just reading about him, and you just know that he's going to be absolutely obsessing over it and thinking, I'm going to do absolutely everything in my power to absolutely mm. bury him the next time. That's what I reckon. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. He, 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 was, he, he was like, uh, he, he's like fighting between mommy and daddy in the fourth Yeah, no, look, it, it will be interesting. There's a good chance they could be a Leinster final of the two. So, like that, we could, yeah. see, we could see that repeat soon enough. But Kenny will have it all to do still to, with the next two games. We'll touch, on, we'll touch on that next week. But yeah, look, all in all, he couldn't complain with the result given the way things were going in that match. Anyway, I thought Kenny were poor. They didn't deserve to get a result. Would have been brilliant to get a draw, but they were very, very average, I thought, and Galway were, were definitely better on the day. I don't think Galway are world beaters, though, but they were definitely better on the day. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, 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 we were checking the score, Cork Clare, as you know, heavily in, invested in Cork as well. So it was just that was a little bit of solace, as we said, um, to hear that result come true and how far ahead Clare were for so much of that match. And obviously, I couldn't believe. The final result when I when I heard that it was only only a couple of points, Shani, were you surprised that you got back to to that at the end? Oh look, that flatter cork, that totally flatter cork. They got that go in the last minute. Um there were definitely six to eight points worse than often clear, I reckon. Um started off, it was an absolute nightmare. We just could not get on ball. We were nervous we're spilling ball we're getting out in front but the ball going under fellas legs they were mis mistiming the first touch jack o'connor i talk you know i was seeing him starting i was like right this is going to be a bit like last year you know our jack o'connor lit up the championship he was going to be burning lads and rory hayes absolutely just stuck him in his pocket and like there was about four balls went into jack o'connor in the first 10 minutes lost every single one of them what's the story him what's this inside line on him I don't know, Liam. It, I do not know. Like for a fella who's, oh my know, god, he was electric. All, he was electric last, last year. year. Oh was, my god, he was just burning up fellas last yeah. year. And like, like to not feature prominently in the league is one thing, but then not to get a start in the championship. You know, when things are hot and heavy, you already expect you know that type of legs to be you know to the fore. Nothing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But this, this is, this is. Um, a similar team running through the whole camp at the moment is like, I don't know what's going on because you go and you look at the squad of players and that's the most frustrating thing. And I said this last week as well. It's just like, what is frustrating? Like you go back to 2007 to 2008, where we didn't have the players and we weren't challenging for honours and we were getting, you know, beat out the gate. You'd accept that because we just didn't have the personnel. But no, we have the personnel. We have the hurlers there. But like, they're just not fulfilling their potential at all. Um, to get to an final last year, forget about the hammering. Limerick are doing that to everyone anyway. But like, like to turn up and have these performances this year in the Munster Championship is just so deflating. Like the full back line, in fairness, last weekend I thought played well. Um, but Shani. all the scores are coming from there out. All the scores Shani. are coming from there. Do you, remember, do, you remember, do you remember a lad called Ronan Curran? Yes. And do you remember a lad called Damon O'Sullivan? Exactly, I know you're going. I knew you were going to this up. No, no, that's that's uh, that's I I I don't I don't argue that fact to be honest because that is true. But like there is a, there is like Kieran Joyce I thought played well at the weekend at centre back, but like he, Tim O'Mahony, he's going to be the next one. Oh, yeah. He is. He, yeah. he, he's got that style. He's great in the air. He's attacking. I said that last week. He's going to be Cork's number six for the next couple of years. Yeah, you know, touch wood that he doesn't get injured or anything like that happens. Um, and I think even being part of this shambles at the moment will, you know, make him a better player as well. You know, tasting these defeats as well. But anyway, that's for another day. But like everything else around him, he's just falling to pieces. Midfield were absolutely cleaned out. Darif Fitzgibbon. Darif Fitzgibbon going backwards. Darif Fitzgibbon going backwards. That one. What happens oh is when he God. goes into contact, he comes back and then he can't see a pass and he keeps going back and back. And next thing he's in the up in the full back line or he gets turned over. And Oh my God. That was just, shocking. Oh, I couldn't believe that one when I saw him getting like, turned over. And like, you know, people talking about Pat Hargan being finished. Like, he is, he's certainly not finished. 
by any manner of means because he's the only that took the fight to him and Robbie O'Flynn, to be fair. Alan Connolly coming on, created he, he was good. He was and, good, Connolly. But look, to be honest, though, you know, you could talk about Cork here, but it's just a shambles. Um, and the season is over as far as I'm concerned for them. Like, they're not going to beat Walford next weekend or two weeks' time. Um, I was hoping it was this weekend so we get it out of the way. Um, but um, Claire, in fairness to them, like, geez, they're rejuvenated completely. I mean, Shane O'Donnell is I love Shane O'Donnell. just operating I love watching at a different level, isn't he? Yeah, He's brilliant, him. isn't he? Yeah. And Peter Flying Duggan, in fairness. Up. Peter Duggan flying as well, in fairness. Peter Duggan, yeah. Like, <laughs> but to be fair, like, you know, like Claire have, have got their house in order. You know, they're organised. They're organised, yeah. Like, they're very, very well organised. Um, um, they've got two credible wins to their, you know, to their name now. And they go and meet the All-Ireland Champions next, which will be a different story altogether. But, like, they are absolutely That's home. That'd be a, that'd be a home thing. Yeah. And I think you're yeah. right, Johnny. I think... Clear no more than Galway were way better than Kilkenny. Clear were way better than Cork in this game. And I think yeah. they've got a really good halfback line. I think John Condon is still questionable. Yeah, I agree. Right centre forward, right? But they've got Ryan and McInerney who are good players. I said they've got two outstanding cornerbacks. Paul Flanagan is having a, a renaissance to his career. And he, if you remember, held Desi Hutchinson scored this when Bally Hay got hammered by Bally Gunner in the, in the club. Like, so he's a, he's a great cornerback. And then your man Rory Hayes is, is something else. He's serious. And clear he's a stopper. He's like, what you yeah. really want in the fullback? Like, he's fouls. He doesn't let you in for goal. And then up in the forwards, they've dug in the Shane O'Donnell and the Tony Kelly. They've just had Ryan Taylor in midfield, who's a serious Ryan kind Taylor. of workhorse. And they've, yeah. they've married him nicely with David Fitzgerald. I like David Fitzgerald there, midfield. I like him alone. They've called Munkin off the bench last day. I don't think he started. So they've... they've They've, they've got some serious options. They've got Shane Meehan to come back, who's a serious forward. If he gets back, he got injured in Fitzgibbon Cup for UL. They've, they've, they've a nice, they've a nice pan. The, the worry about Clare for me, right, will be as the year goes on, they've a lot of guys back from injury and back from different things like Shane O'Donnell, Peter Duggan back from Australia, Tony Kelly back from the operation. How will the bodies hold up in games three and games four? And if they have to mm. play either a Munster final or a kind of a prelim quarter final or whatever it is. The break this week will be good from Rugby Giggles. It will, it will. No, that's that's perfect for them. Play two matches, two wins, a break, and then back in for two matches. That's not a bad yeah. one. It's not a bad, well, like, the, say, fixtures. The thing is, though, Liam, I reckon, like, if, like, if Limerick lose, or for Limerick beat Tipperary this weekend, which, they, you know, we all expect they, they should. They beat by 30 points, let's but Brilliant. That's, that's that's fine, yeah. But like they won't, they won't need to put out a full team again in Innes, and they can more or less concede that game. So it probably could be the monster yeah. final. Then you know, Clare and, and Limerick, and um, you don't know at this stage. But I think Clare are a little bit like Galway, as you said, Giggles. I I don't know yes if they're up for the physicality of a Watford or a Limerick at this stage. Um, I. You know, they, they do that, have a good mix of it. Yeah. Well, Cork put up a bit so, of a fight in the middle of the game, but like Claire actually looked physically stronger than Cork at the weekend as well, which is mad, like, because like you wouldn't regard Claire as being a physical team. Um, and I know you wouldn't regard Cork as being a physical team either, but like they completely out out-muscled Cork at the weekend but I just don't know like when they run up against the brick wall of, of Limerick which they might not do in Innes because I'd say Limerick can you know afford to to pepper out a lot of new fillers into that team um, for that game and just see how they go and give the boys a rest for a Munster final I reckon Well I, I don't think they can Shawnee because if if let's just say they did that and Claire bet them and Claire were on six points yeah Clare and Waterford then, if, if you assume Waterford beat um, Cork and Waterford yeah. beat Clare, then Waterford on six points and Limerick on six points. So it'll come down to scoring difference who gets into the Munster final. And I just think John Kiley wants to lift the Munster Cup and he wants to lift the Ireland Cup. Well, I think, I think it'll be yeah, the I don't think he's going, yeah. will be the semi-final. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Limerick are going to rest that. It's all full steam ahead for this for them. I think it's full yeah. steam hand yeah. match. You can't you can't really take a punt in these games because you can't get caught out with a result. Yeah, you you, you, you want to be into a monster final. Yeah. The, the only thing I can see, like 
look, looking at Cork and how bad they were, and they still scored 220 and they only lost by two points. I actually think going down to Welsh Park will suit them a little bit against Waterford. They won't have the space. But but think about but it. Hold your powder. Hold your powder. Hold your powder for I next week. I'm, I'm going to hold my powder. But the, the permutations on the Munster Championship overall is going to be very interesting. Because like, if, if Cork could get a win, they will be Tipperary yeah. and then draft yeah. four. And then the, anyway, yeah. Hold your powder. Quickly, yeah. go, quickly, I want to ask Shani a question before we want to move on because we're coming yeah. up on time here. Like it's all, we're not talking a lot about the players and everything, but what what where do you attribute blame to the management? What percentage? Like you know, we've seen like Kingston came back into the fold. He's been there before. Like after what happened in Ireland final last year, you know, you, you know, it's going to take a while to recover from that. And we're seeing a serious hangover from what happened in that. And we haven't seen any learnings really. We saw a few say tweaks on, on Sunday. Which they had no choice but to do. If they hadn't have done them, they would have been absolutely killed altogether. But do you think it's the end of the road, no matter what? Even if they got a result against Watford and got into a third place by, by hook, by a couple of results going their way, do you think it's the end of them this year? Yeah, look, I, 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 I was kind of in a couple of a couple of farms the morning after that game, and I was like, I was blaming the players at one stage because I was like thinking, you know, they've made changes here. You know, they put fellas in the right positions, I think. And I think the changes were right to be done. I think still, and it's, I thought Alan Connolly should have started. And that's been proven right. But, and then I was kind of looking back, maybe, maybe it's the, maybe it's the manager's fault. And I actually, it's a bit, it's a bit of a collective really. And that's not me sitting on the fence either. But because I do think, I do think it's Kieran, Kieran Kingston is, is on the way out now after this year. It's a, um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. This is his second crack at it. Um, he has the artillery in front of him to use, just hasn't used them in the right way. Um, whether the backroom team goes, I still like, I still like the the backroom team around him. You know, more so in the likes of Furlong and Pat Mulcahy. I think they're they're two very good brains, and Furlong has had went so well with the miners a couple of years ago or last year actually. You know, I still think. The likes of them should be retained. Obviously, it'll be differently if a new manager came. But I think, yeah, I think Kingston. Unfortunately, I think he probably will probably will go at the end of this year. There's a lot I'm of similarities. Sure. There's a lot of similarities between Cork this year and Waterford under Park Fanning. You know, just having one disaster after the next, not getting a break, everyone up on top of them, and need and the need for an outside manager might come come in. And I think Sean, you're right. The lads will go. They have to go. Yeah, um, but I feel sorry for him too because he has the players there, and maybe the players are not impressed. Does he have the players though? I don't know. Does he? Though he uh, like you have some, you have some good players, but there's still a lot no. of hangers on. There's a yeah, lot of I hangers on look, there, Johnny. I, I, I've been saying this. Like I think it's gonna. Oh, I, I don't said know. It after I learned last year, it's gonna take two years minimum for that team to start challenging again. This is the first year. Next year, I'd expect us to be getting a bit closer. Because we don't have that three and six started out, and we're still we're going to go into next year again with that being back, a big question yeah. mark. Probably centre back is started going to be filling in, but I still he's still very young and he still need a year or two in that role. What, what, to, you know, what would you think about Ben O'Connor as manager with David Fitzgerald as selector? Oh, that, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking Mr. Og, Mr. Don Log has to come oh in there. Or God. Ben O'Connor would be just as good. I'm telling you. I'm telling Don't, you. Yeah. I know. I know you're a big fan of Don Log, Liam, but you want to see him on the Sunday game. You don't want to see him on the line. That's where you want to see him. I don't want to see him anywhere, to be honest. But like, I don't. It'd be a massive call if he got that senior job. Like, whoa. He's never. I think. Look, job. I don't think everyone. Right because I think Ben O'Connor is probably a bit closer. You know, um, whether he'll get approached now or not, I don't know. But he would be ideal, to be honest. Yeah. They won't go outside, will they, Shani? No way. Uh, never. Yeah. No, they no they'll, they'll never do that. No, they they'll won't. Never do it. And no. that's, I think that's a, a little, that's a little bit of a thing, a frustration as well as not the outside thing, but it, like in the last couple of years, you know, there has been decent players there, but I think there's, there's this bit of aura around, you know, car hurling that, you know, we always produce good hurlers and, you know, the skill and level and all that will get us there. But like, we never focus on, or we never bring in players of the ilk that has that physicality in there. Like, um, we haven't had them there since. I probably go back as well to 2005, 2006, where we had, you know, physical players like, you know, Niall McCarthy, you know, players like that. You brought Corcoran back into the frame, who was a big physical player. Dermot Sullivan, full back. 
Sean Ogan at, at wing back. We don't have the players of that ilk. And I know you're looking in the past there, but like the former player that you're bringing in now is really, I don't know, is there a bit of a, you know, that aura or oh, we'll produce good hur- hurlers and we'll, our skill and our speed will get us there in the end of the day. But that I think I, work in the I, I, I want to, I want to keep us, keep us moving. But on that point, I think there's a gulf in characters. So like you look back to some of those lads, like with respect to Sean O'Gall being like, he wasn't the best hurler. He was a like he was a brilliant mm. athlete. Didn't like was one hurler don't get, no, no, don't want to take from. But he was yeah. he was a massive leader. I, I yep. think what Cork is missing are those kind of guys. Like same with Kilkenny. Mm. Kilkenny had some guys who were brilliant players, but weren't great hurlers. But they were great, like, great characters or, or different other things that they brought or a presence they brought to the, to the team. Where I don't think yeah. look at any of those Cork lads who stands out to you as. A leader, yeah. or who's going to take yeah. it on for them, even though he mightn't be as skillful as some of them. I don't see any of that in any any of those lads. I think that's their biggest problem for me. I think, and that's yeah. why. Yeah. So look, I don't think you're going to pull those lads out of the fire any any time soon. Just 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 to finish up on Cork, so I just because you brought up Sean Oak, I have to I have to bring up the time Sean Oak came out to Gary Owen and took a training session with us, and he used Shamey Crimmin as an example. He goes, "Go on there, Shamey, go for a run," and he drove the ball Brendan. out the field. Brendan, he called him at the time, yeah. <laughs> and and obviously the ball went way faster than Jamie. And John Oak turned around to us and went, he made the point. Now, lads, you see the ball moves faster than the man. Get the ball in. And, of course, snipe Lena and then in the background. I thought you won two All-Irelands playing the running game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh... There's a leave Lena in common now. You brought up, I remembered it. <laughs> yeah, poor Sean Oak. It was a good session now. Yeah, training session we had. James for about two, two, two and three quarter hours. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. tense. It was a good session, though. It was good, to be fair. He charged us first, though. That's another story. Um, anyway, we keep going here. Uh, Gigas Connor up next. What do you have for us, Gigas? I have a quick one, lads, but it could be a controversial one. I've got my top five and bottom five media personality slash pundits oh, as of today. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to start with the worst. Now, right? we're not in this, just to be fair. Oh, present company excluded, being, yeah, 100%. <laughs> just to <just>, see. <laughs> but the worst, worst going from fifth worst up to worst, right? Michael Dunahoo, lads, great manager for Galway, brought him to the Ireland, terrible on television. Can't make a point. There's no animation about him at all. So he's going in for me at number five, fifth worst. Fourth worst, uh, and this is one of two of these type of people, too young to be a pundit. And even this, and I think both of them haven't maybe won enough for Shane Dowling. I don't know how he got in there, lads. Um, he was a super sub for Limerick when they won down Ireland, and he finished up early. I don't like him as a pundit, to be honest. Um, I don't like him as a pundit, full stop. Yeah, keep worst. going, keep going. Third worst, um, this is a John, John Mulhall favourite, but Mark Landers. I, I really enjoyed the Anthony Daily podcast, lads. It's nearly as good as our one, but not quite. But Jesus, he's a pain in the hole. He's just not, not, he's not, yeah, he's, he's old school and he just, he's, he's a dope. <laughs> Second worst, <laughs> Second worst, lads, how this lad is on any punditry, I don't know. And he's ripping the crap out of his former teammates, which is absolutely shocking. But Anthony Nash is absolutely Oh, useless. Yeah, he's useless. Like, he's useless. But Agreed. the fact that he's ripping the shit out of his former teammates, I think is absolutely shocking. I think You can put Owen Cadigan next to him there and that as well. He's, 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 he's only measuring, but Anthony Nash has got his out 42 hours. He's got a lot of going on for him. And, You'd have to say Cadigan writes for the that. examiner. Does he? The Cork examiner, uh, yeah. Sorry, Deb Cork paid for Shani. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, lads, worst media personality. And this fella has to go this year. He has to go. He's making the Sunday game an absolute shocker. I can't watch it anymore. But Des Cat yeah, not terrible. Shocking. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Out, out of the worst of the worst of the worst. He, he made a joke about Legion footballers last week and Colin Boyle nearly nailed him. In. Like, he totally nailed him. He says, yeah, I still would. There's, like, he's just, he's a plonker. Like, I don't know how he's still going on it. It's RTE fearing change and fearing changing it up again, but they could put anybody into that seat and they'd be better than Deska had. Quick feedback on top five there. 
Des Cal agree with bottom you. Five, bottom, bottom five, 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 sorry, top five of the worst. Sorry, um, top yeah, yeah. top worst. Des Cal has to go. I, I I agree completely. Very nice fella. I actually think he's a nice guy. I don't think he's a bad guy. Possibly. Like possibly, I met yeah, him one time. Yeah. He was down. He did a thing down in Dixborough, and he was actually a lovely guy. But he's shocking on it, and he he doesn't encourage any sign of any type of conflict or a conversation that's critical of something. He just shuts it down. Like he, he yeah. doesn't want to go there, whether it's a refereeing decision, whether it's a a, a managerial, you know, tactic, whatever. He he stops it. He just he ha- he has his list in front of him that he has to go through, and he can't he can't go from that. Oh, lost me call here, disaster. Top five for me. This fella, he hasn't been on TV at all this year, but I love him for his rawness and his passion, his word. Man, but Ken McGrath, I think when he's on the Sunday game, he just brings an honesty to it that I really like. Um, number four, number three, are from the same kind of ilk. So four of TJ Ryan, I think he's good, good character. Brings in a good couple of sayings like the two old, two four, or two old, two slow, two four, or hard one to call the deaf dog. He's got a few good sayings in there, so I like TJ Ryan. Number three, Anthony Daly. Well, if, you're, if you're known for being um, up early in the morning, you could stay in bed all day. That's <laughs> exactly, that's a brilliant one. Anthony Daly in a tree, so they're on the same show. Um, I think Anthony Daly's very good. He's just, he has that likability factor. Some of the things he can be saying are unbelievably generic, but he just makes them, you know, he, he, he does the whole, you know, <laughs> and kind of you, you fall into it. Number two, lads, I, I listen to Tommy Welch talk about hurling all day long. I think he's just so passionate about it, and he's got great stories, and he brings... <clears throat> he brings every situation to life. Do you know what I mean? He's like, yeah. and he won't get drawn on things and that's like that he doesn't want to be done. So I really like Tommy Welch. And my number one pundit that I've always liked, uh, and I think we need to get him back on the Sunday game. He's not on it. I don't think he's on it all this year. He's like a kind of a grumpy old fella that throws in a comment that nobody can argue with the whole time, but you're Lucknan. I just, I love having Lucknan on it. I think probably because he was so famous when we were growing up. Um, so that's my top five: Ken McGrath, TJ Ryan, Anthony Daly, Tommy Welch, and Gerard Lachnan. Yeah, I I agree with Lachnan, and even I miss I miss Cyril Farrell. Like I I, I, I think, was, yeah. like I I think where RT have gone, they've gone down the Don Log, you know, analysis that they ha- it's this it's robotic nearly. Whereas a pundit is you like having a pundit who actually. Like they're not going to be, yeah, yeah. You want you don't have to all be crunching numbers. It's good to have a balance. Keep have your dawn logs and have the guys doing that book. Keep your lock nines, your silver fires, because they do do bring a balance to the to it. It's something it's so, something that's so stiff. Even like watching the Sunday game and the boys standing up trying to do Monday night football now on the Sunday game and with the with the fat potato on the iPad. Like do you know what I mean? It's just like there's just no need for it whatsoever. Just don't try and be something you're not. Like stick to yeah. what you know. Stick to RD you can be good at. And that's what Sky Sports did that, and everybody didn't like it. And <clears throat> crazy enough, the Sunday game had this real generational thing where, yes, people used to give out about the generic, but, but everybody loved the characters. I've just had to talk about another one who should have been in the worst top five, but I'll leave it now, actually. Nick, Nicky English is oh, another man that's in there. Useless. <laughs> uh, sorry, quick, quickly on, 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 on Tipperary co commentators. Brendan Cummins, Michael Kenny scored that goal. I watched back the match. Like a last minute goal, like in any match, is an exciting thing as a commentator, no matter what, because it's a shock. He goes like this goal. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was absolutely sickened that Kenny got a goal. Sickened that he got a goal. Like you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> you have to give the fake excitement at least, you know. Oh, I can't believe Donnelly's got that or something like that. He goes, goal. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Add to the moment, anyway, Brendan. But. Yeah, I, I I like some of your characters in there because you have to you know, mix the, the the radio with the TV, which I think is good. Because I think Tommy, he's actually very good on the radio. He's brilliant on the radio, but I don't think he'd be good on the telly. Because I think, if, like what you said, he brings situations to life, which is actually a real skill for people doing radio yeah. commentary compared to the, the, the TV stuff. So I think he's very suited to that. And I don't know how he would tra- he transition across. I wonder as he been approached for TV that, that'd be interesting has he turned it down because you'd imagine he has been um, especially by RT they'd love to have him in there like they have their right. dirt lock man they're fitting he has that kind of you know yeah, funny guy personality you yeah. know for somebody who is so serious on the field mm. it's it's brilliant um, 
I'd, I'd love to see him on the Sunday game, but I think, yeah, we need the old Cyril Farrell, Derlock man back. I like um, I like the Sky Sports though. The Sky Sports analysis is very good. To be to be fair to them, they do it very well, and they're probably better at it in the football. I watch Peter Canavan done. He's really good at it. But um, I think you're right, Liam, in terms of like, they should stick to what they know on RT. But the problem is in RT Sunday game is they've got too much to cover. That's too much. So they're only they're, yeah. they're only they're only papering over you know small little bits of it. Like so, I couldn't believe it. They clear Cork. Highlights because Cork Clare was on, wasn't on. It was on GA Go, so I only saw it in the Sunday game. It went from Cork scored the first one or two points, I think. But the highlights went from Cork had two points. The next minute, the next highlight was it was seven two to Clare. <laughs> like yeah. they didn't show yeah. like Cork being shipped for whatever it was ten fifteen minutes to Clare. Yeah. Like it was like whoa, that's a big change in the match. Like who cut those <laughs> highlights together? And as well then, yeah. as well, sorry, quickly, I'm on, I'm on a rant here with someone else. Shane Stapleton, did you hear him do the commentary on, on the Sunday game highlights? Did you hear that? <laughs> no. He did Westmead yeah. and, who was it? Was it Westmead in Dublin? Oh, sorry, and I did. Leash yes, and that, yeah. Wexford. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was scandalous. Put, that was, that was, but they, they, did, they did that well, to me, right? Because what, what Shane was doing was he was putting everyone off to sleep before they went to bed right at the end of the Sunday game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, you're harsh, you're harsh. Oh, I could not believe how bad that was. I was like, "This is the worst thing I've ever heard." He wrote his script, and it was a tough gig. Do two of them, right? Fair enough. But like, it was so boring. Oh my god, monotone. Yeah, no, it was, his, it was his debut as well. I'd say. His I first know. Goal, as you could oh. tell, he was nervous, and he was told not to go outside the box too much. So, oh. um, all right, quick, quick, quickly, excellent gig as Connor. Great work is that you did that in the five minutes that you pulled that together. It was very impressive how quickly you did that, but it was actually there was a bit of thought in there. I liked it. I'm sure the listeners will like it too. Hi, Anna. How's it going? There's Shani's little girl. Nice, Gary. Hey, Gary, Gary Owen, Jersey, Anna. Okay, coming up next, we're going to have a quick look at Limerick and Tip, and then we have to wrap up and go to bed here. It's always, you know, great to, you know, to say that you walked the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup, like, and, but. No, we never changed one bit from the day we started, let's say, our first game with, with Glenmore. Going back to your locals and the people that you're brought up with and you're reared with, and there's, there's nothing like coming back there. Like. It wasn't a fancy oh, open-top bus, I think, about Duggins, Richard Duggins' lorry, and really, yeah. up, up in the back of the lorry and off down. It's just lovely country, and a few bonfires. It's it's funny looking ahead to this game on on Sunday. Like Limerick Tip, prior to the last four years, is a match where you'd be like, "God, Limerick have a great record against Tip. They could turn them over here. Though. They never really beat them." It's it, you know, it's, and it'd be a Tip a strong Tip team coming in either after win All Ireland or challenging for Ireland. The Limerick Tip match this Sunday, like I'll watch it, but like the interest level of this game which should be a massive game is such a not it's like such a non-event in the build up to it isn't it like it's really really you know, not, I'm delighted for Tip don't get me wrong but it's misfortunate isn't it did you see the team they were after naming no Kyle Hayes is in it full forward the whole full strength team out Kyle O'Neill is obviously replacing Keane Lynch who's out for the thing Jamie Flanagan is on the bench um, and then you look at Tipperary team and they've got debutants in their front centre their bench looks like something I'd say the Ballygunner bench probably better than to be asked I think we're, we're, we're in for a bit of trouble for Tipperary this weekend um, the game is on in the Gaelic grounds I think is it is that right? I'm pretty sure it is Giggles yeah I'm pretty sure it is yeah yeah because yeah, there would have been a way to Cork and a way to clear that Limerick would have been in so it's on the Gaelic grounds Um Tip don't like going to the gate grounds at all. Not that, not that they're like going to go like going and playing this team. They're going to get hockeyed. You feel sorry, a little bit sorry for Colin Bonner because in fairness to him, he's gone off and he's done a good couple of good jobs with the likes of Carlo. He's won a couple of his games with WIT. Um, he's managed by the Shamrocks, I think, to an All Ireland or two. He, he's a good record as a manager and he's just come in and he's he got very unlucky with a lot of retirements and injuries and he's inherited a team kind of left thrown together by Liam Sheedy who kind of did a smash and grab got his other and got out of there really didn't he that's why Liam Cahill didn't take the job it's as simple as that Liam Cahill knew yeah. Liam Sheedy had left him with a crock of shit he was going to get paid a nice few pounds to manage Warford here and had a chance to win all Ireland with Warford he knows he'll get that tip job again when he wants it it's basically for him when he wants it 
and Conan Bonner got stuck with the bloody, you know, keep it cracks papered over there for a couple of years, basically. Like, he's, he's got sold a complete dud. He's a, he's a tip man, like, you know, but it's a complete dud he's got. And, and the thing about bad tip teams in the past, they always had, like, one somebody to drive him through. Like, the tip team in the mid-90s, Owen Kelly used to score 2-14, yeah, 2-15 yeah, a game. Yeah. He, and, and he'd win games on his own, and they would never win anything. But this tip, tip team doesn't even seem to have that. Like, Noel McGrath, like, unbelievable player, generational player. But he's 33 or 4 now, and, and you can see he's on the way in, like, the class of 2008. All those players are retiring now. Um, so... I, I feel I, I feel like I, I don't think we need to analyze it that much no. to be honest. It's gonna be a hot game for, for Tip. If if Tip keep it under ten points, they're doing well. Oh, they'll be doing very well, yeah. Jeez, if they keep yeah. it under ten points, they'll be doing very well. I, I'd fear for a 25, 30 point blow out here now. Hockey as well. I'd love that. I'd love to see him bet by thirty points. I don't think they will. I think they'll I think they'll keep it to ten to fifteen. But I don't think Limerick will take the foot off the pedal with these lads. I think they'd love just to, to put hurling out of their heads for a while now. I really, I really do, and I, th- I think that's the kind of form they're in at the moment as well. That there's a few things going on with Limerick. That there's a couple of lads out injured, and there is actually good competition there. I think lads are in, lads are in. even Hayes come back and will be mad, mad for road again. I think this weekend you could see him going on a bit of a rampage. So I'll be tuning in for that. All right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, look, I, 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 much sentiments to yours as well. I think, you know, I can't, can't see anything being put up against Limerick today or next, this weekend. Um, you'd fear massively for the full back line of Tipperary and the hiding they're going to get. Look, uh, what's his name? Uh, Barrett. I hope he gets a straight. Will he gets be like, you know, you could see him getting sent off now on uh, at the weekend, you know, because he'll be so frustrated. Like he's. He's the guy who's been, you know, the rock of that defence, to be honest, to be fair to him. And, uh, you know, bursting out of the fence and attacking from cornerback as well. So you could see him being really frustrated on, on Sunday and hanging off fellas. And, you know, if he stays on the pitch at all, he'd be doing well at the, um, because, you know, he'd be fighting a lone battle. And that full back, you know, he had a tired time against Doug in the last day. Against Claire, and I'd say... They've changed full backs be... They put Barry Heffernan back full back. Oh, have they? Right. So, and in fairness to him, that's one good like because I think Barry Heffernan would shape up well against Killan, right? He Tall, was. fast, pacey, can hurl. So, like, that's what you need to be able to mark Aaron Gillan. But sure, if you mark Aaron Gillan, who are you going to put on Kyle Hayes? Kyle Hayes, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're putting, you yeah, there's a whole lot of holes there, and you're sticking your fingers in the ones to try and stop the dam breaking through, like, and it, it's just not going to, you couldn't see anything but, um, you know, a, a minimum. 10 points minimum 10 points yeah. and probably more than that I reckon but um, we've called it I an expect, emphatic win for Limerick I'd say expect 15 points for Limerick in yeah. okay well it'll be nice to tip it's only one game this weekend so obviously we will be back next week to have a look at um, that game but also to preview then I think a pretty exciting round of fixtures then the following weekend there's a lot of different things going on in those fixtures a lot of different permutations and how things are going to go a lot of things will be decided next weekend so um, we will be back next weekend um, or sorry next week during the week is later and getting tired um, but thanks so much for tuning in thanks Johnny for getting up early and having your porridge just before we did the episode Thanks, lads. No problem at all. Heading off to um, Oz Kick there now for the morning. Good man, Shani. Fair play. And thanks very much, Hugh Eagles, for coming in late from training and straight into it. Fair play to you. Talk to you soon, lads. Take care.